How many times can Rachel fuck off in a week? Let's start playing a game. It's Let's Monday. take bets. It's Emily, Monday. how many times do you think? Four. I'm so mad. I think so Lord of the Rings just turned into Lord of the Onion Rings, and it's going to get a downgrade every time I'm like, <laughs> I like Oh, no offense, but you're kind of weird. <laughs> Welcome to Bubbles and Books, a podcast about two of the best things in life books and champagne. Brought to you by Amanda and Ellen, co-owners of your local independent bookstore, Dog-Eared Books in Ames, Iowa. First, give me a cheers. Okay, we're ready. And yeah. books are sexy. Pop the champagne already. So where are we at? The beginning. I can do a replay of it if you want. Reintroduce Emily. First, you gotta go. Rachel, okay. just do your best. Pop! Ah! You are the you are so bad at impressions. Okay, hold on. <laughs> no, that's not it either. That was a really not friendly little pop. I would not want to drink that champagne <laughs> if that's how it popped. Okay. That's like the wimpiest champagne. No. No, not it either. Nope. 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 Well, drink up and then I'll go open another bottle. <laughs> no. <laughs> It's Monday morning. When has that ever stopped you before? Rachel. Okay, continue. (laughs) Welcome to this week's podcast. We've been on a bit of a hiatus, uh, partly because I was out of town, and apparently nobody can pull their shit together here when I'm out of town. And second of all, uh, we did record it last week, but Rachel forgot to post it. So I didn't forget. I just didn't realize it didn't finish. And so thank you to the person who DM'd us on Instagram saying they loved our podcast and they want it back and was wondering when it was. I'm like, what do you mean? It came back last week. It did not. So. Hashtag excuses. Anyway, we're (laughs) going to. I'm going to punch you in the face. We're going to have a bonus episode this week. So be on the lookout for that. And we are back. We should be back with our weekly episodes. Yep. So don't fret. And we're drinking. Cremant de Alsagy. Cremant de Alsace, <laughs> I think. Say it in your most French way. <laughs> no, you got mad at me before, and I will. I refuse. Here, I take French. I'll read it. Okay. Oh. Rachel has a terrible French accent. It's... Really... Alright, it's Cremant d'Alsace. Cremant d'Alsace. That is not what she said. I think she said Cremant Versace the first time. <laughs> <laughs> That's our Rachel. <laughs> well, listen, we are here today. Amanda is out of town, and, but I am here today with Rachel and our new events coordinator, Emily. Emily, welcome. Woo-hoo! Thank you. Hi. Emily is so awesome. We feel so lucky to have her on board, and she's just like popping with event ideas. So we're going to talk to her about that today and really excited for everything that's coming up events-wise at the store because she's... She's got a real uh, go-getter, creative personality that she's bringing to this. And so we're excited about what's coming up. So welcome, Emily. Thank you so much. You're making me sound really awesome. But as I've said before, um, if you see me in store, I will be the hobbit. Short, hungry, and uh, curly hair. (laughs) (laughs) So sorry. I've never thought of you as the hobbit. Probably because you're not nerdy enough. Maybe. <laughs> hey, I still want the Lord of the Wings event to happen, so. 
All right, that's it. You heard it here first. If you want Lord of the Wings, write in. <laughs> and I'll make it happen. She'll present me and Amanda with a petition. This is how many people want a Lord of the Wings event. <laughs> Can I dress up as... Sh- uh, uh, I almost said uh, Gandalf. But no, I don't. I want to dress up as Schmeagle. Oh my god. Can you do your voice? Do, do a voice. It used to be better, but... <laughs> Can I be uh, Gandalf? Yeah. <laughs> 100%. <gasps> <gasps> Who do we gotta get to be Legolas? Is that Orlando Bloom? Yeah. Orlando. It's Orlando. Orlando Bloom. Orlando. She was just using a French accent. Okay, whatever Versace. <laughs> <laughs> mean. <laughs> All right, anytime anyone ever mispronounces something, we have to say, okay, Versace. (laughs) Versace, Versace, Versace. All right, so let's talk about what we're reading right now. Who wants to go first? Naz goes. Naz goes. Wait, what? You were going to go first last time. You got to shake it up. (laughs) Fine, I'll go. I am a reading... Um, a very delightful book called Venomous Lump Sucker <laughs> by Ned Bowman. It's got a great cover. It's like, and this one in particular, I will share a cover picture of because it's too good not to. Yeah, I definitely picked it up on the title of cover alone. Uh, but it's this book is wackadoodle. It is so wackadoodle, but in a really delightful way. So um, the premise is that it's in the not so distant future. So we're talking like 2030s. And a number of species are going extinct and there's this whole industry that's been built around that so that like you can scan the brains of these animals that are about to go extinct and so you're like kind of preserving them so you could bring them back in the future if you wanted to the problem is that now because of capitalism and greed mining companies um all these like bio like I don't know, gas fuel companies or whatever are using this as an excuse to mine in parts of the world where there all these species are going to become extinct or displaced. And they're saying, well, we'll just scan their brains and we can just do whatever we want. So all of this data from extinct animals that could be brought back are stored in this like bio bank. And the bio bank becomes like gets hit by a cyber attack and that's all wiped away. So there are two main characters. One of them is a cognitive scientist. And so she studies animals to determine if they are intelligent or not. Because if they have a certain amount of intelligence, they cannot be made extinct. And the animal she's most concerned with is the venomous lump sucker. It's a small gray fish that lives in the Baltic Sea. And its home has just been eradicated on accident by this mining company. Um, And then the other character is a guy who works for the mining company. And they're trying to figure out, like, who cyber attacked the biobank? And are there any venomous lump suckers left? But it's actually very funny. (laughs) It's a really funny book. Uh, And it's totally absurd, just like the title and cover. You know what it reminds me of? What? It's, this is not a funny book, but uh, Margaret Atwood's Oryx and Crake. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Because it's a similar thing where, I don't know, just the line between sci-fi and reality is so blurred. Because in Oryx and Crake, you'll read about a spider goat 
that like produces silk with its milk and that's real we've genetically engineered that oh my god i know it can't even feed its babies because the obviously they can't eat silk they'll die um so crazy things like that that we're actually doing today and it's not actually as absurd as it seems under the surface yeah i mean yeah. The, the premise of this book it's like yeah i mean some that could happen right like we obviously don't give a shit about that yeah. <laughs> well, and it's so interesting to me in that book, um, Venomous Lump Sucker, that intelligence is the number one metric for if something deserves to live or not. Yes. Yep. And I, I think that accurately reflects some of our values right now. But yeah. yeah. It's very good. I recommend. What are you reading, Emily? Okay, I'm reading a series of poems called Winter Recipes from the Collective by Louise Glick. I don't usually read a lot of poetry, but something about Louise, I don't know, she speaks to me in my heart. Um, <laughs> in your heart? In my heart. I just read her stuff and I tear up because she talks about um, emotions that we don't usually talk about, you know, a lot in this really gentle, subtle way. But this one is about growing older and about, like, losing a sibling um, and what it's like to kind of watch things fade away. So... It's, it's like a quiet, somber, but beautiful hmm. yeah, collection. I'll have to try it, too. I should read more poetry. I like to slip it in between my candy books, which are sci-fi fantasy. Okay. You have to have a vegetable every once in a while. Okay, yeah. yeah I don't do much poetry it. either, but a customer just, they ordered in a special order of poetry, and it totally caught my attention. I think you were here. I think we were working together that night. I think it was Saturday night. I was like, oh. I need this poetry book, so I'm going to throw it into my list. My friend Pedro reads a lot of poetry, and I try to get inspired by him, but I just don't read it correctly. It does. It's weird, but I think prose, even though it's longer, you can have 400 pages, it's faster to me than poetry because poetry leaves all these blank spaces and demands that you fill them in, so I have to sit with a poem for a long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't read it correctly. <laughs> what Rachel's I do, like, that one goes so fast. I'm like, okay, I'm done. Well, no, what I do is I like I read it once, just all mm -hmm. the way through, so I can see the big picture, and then I go back and try to find what details I missed. Oh, that's interesting. That's probably a good way to read it. Well, I, otherwise, I just feel like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> basically, basically. What are you reading, Ray Ray? I'm reading The Daughter of Dr. Moreau by Sylvia Lorna mm. Garcia. Um, I'm listening to it on Thoughts? audio. Thoughts? Um, so I'm enjoying it because I love her writing, but I don't know the classic book of Dr. Moreau. Um, so I feel like there's something that I'm like, I mean, I don't feel like you have to read it to know everything, um, or to get it. I just am the kind of person that I don't like not knowing things. So I feel like I'm not seeing connections where there might be connections, but it focuses on Carlotta Moreau, um, who she's basically grown up isolated on this state in this certain area of the Yucatan Peninsula. Um, she's very ill and her father is able, like was able to create a sort of medicine to help her that she has to take once a week. Meanwhile, he's also experimenting and creating um, these hybrids and like some of them can pass as like human looking and others are just not and they don't all necessarily have a long life expectancy rate. Um, so there's like they're part human, part animal. And um, there's also Montgomery Lawton who uh, he kind of isn't like he's not he just has debts to the guy who owns the estate in which Dr. Morrow works on so he becomes like an assistant type to Dr. Morrow 
and he's watched uh, Carlotta grow up, and now it's like, he's like, oh, well, she's beautiful. She's of age to marry. She's like 18 now. I'm like, I find that creepy. I'm like, you've known this girl since she was eight years old, and like, so that's weird. And so Dr. Moreau is also trying to marry off her his daughter to um, the Lizalde family, which is the owner of the estate in which they work on. So um, there's a lot of secrets going on and things are not being made clear exactly to Carlotta. She's kind of been living in this bubble. Meanwhile, one of the hybrids is like, I want more than what's here, but they're not allowed to leave the estate because people would be like, what are you? So. Sounds like a recipe for a plot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it is our recipe for a plot. You're dumb. <laughs> You're so dumb. Sorry, I didn't make it sound interesting enough for no, you. No, it was interesting. It was. I can't believe I just <laughs> I googled the book really quickly, not the book, um, Dr. Moreau, and it's just freaky. The Island of Dr. Moreau, yeah. Yeah. Just stitching humans and animals together. Yeah, it's kind of like Frankenstein-esque. Hmm. At least Frankenstein-esque. <laughs> <laughs> but it also reminds me of, like, for those who have seen Spy Kids, too, um... <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> Isn't the Island of Lost Dreams or something like that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know how he like mashes those creatures together? No, because I don't watch Spy Kids. You should too, totally but... watch Spy Kids too. It's not like a movie that like everyone watches. Well, for all the weebs out there, it made me think of um, Full Metal. Hold on, reset. <laughs> It made me think of Full Metal Alchemist. Uh, I have, no, I don't know. There's this, if you see this screenshot, any fan will just like basically start crying, but it's this military scientist who does that to his own daughter and dog. Oh. Yeah. Ooh, kind of like um, in the Black Widow movie, how he, the bad guy did that to his daughter. Yeah. And it's this huge betrayal. Are you with us? Are you following Alan? No. <laughs> but I do want to read Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, yeah, it's really sad in a lot of ways, but it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Has great character development. So yeah, that's what I read. <laughs> Reading, reading. Good job. Thanks. All right. So we're going to shift to our topic of conversation, which is all things Emily. So Emily, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, where are you from? What do you do in the eighth? Like, what? What makes you, you know, what brought you to dog-eared books? Um, yeah, I'm from little old Arkansas. I do wear shoes. Fun fact. <laughs> Even though you are hobbit-like. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else? So I already forgot all your questions. <laughs> um, what brought you to Ames? <laughs> brought you to Ames, Emily. <laughs> So I uh, worked in Japan for a while, and then I was like, hmm, I want to be an author. Forgot about that, because that had been my lifelong dream forever. So I went to ISU to do the MFA in Creative Writing and Environment. Super fun. Super cool. Learned a lot. Thanks, guys. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, partway through 
my degree, this amazing bookstore made an Instagram. And I sent the first post to all my friends. I was like, guys! <laughs> and they were like, whoa, whoa, okay, yeah. But we'll go. And then uh, we did, like, a tour before the store even officially opened. Yay. Yeah, it was beautiful. Had pictures, came up to the loft and shared a scone. Like, so happy. Um, <laughs> and I kind of convinced this random store who knows its name, to do our emerging writers, um, to host that with us at the university. So we used the space, and I worked with the event coordinator then, Jill, to, you know, set up this cool event where people could come here writing, and writers could test out their work on an audience. And then I graduated, and I was so sad because I couldn't work at that bookstore anymore until... plot twist they were hiring an event coordinator and that's how i came to be here today (laughs) and we're so glad she is we are so glad that you are here (laughs) me too and we hope you'll stay in little old iowa i mean somebody open up a bakery on main street give me the fresh bread i'll never leave (laughs) yeah somebody somebody if you're listening We'll be your customers. <laughs> well, you, you can probably be down the street and around the corner. We want one like we There's... don't want to walk that far, Rachel. It's like two and a half blocks. Is, we wanna... <laughs> is that hard Dutch bakery? No, harvest? Dutch ovens around Dutch there. Ovens There's great harvest bakeries, what she's talking about. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if it's the we're kind ta- of bakery you're we're looking talking for, about. Like we need like, oh uh, yeah, just bread. Yeah, just just a bread. Do bread. Not have bread. Bre- I don't know. I. I've only been living here for like three years. I still need a map to get around. <laughs> Somebody bring me a map. <clears throat> so. All right. Well, if you're listening, Emily needs bread. Make bread. Sh- yeah. Bring us bread. Okay. Um, Emily, tell us. So you've got, <clears throat> so we kind of have these like re- regular recurring events with the store. I've done trivia night. We've got lots of book clubs. Um, we do some author events. You've kind of come into this, like, going, you know, hit the ground running. You've got all kinds of ideas. Um, what are some of your goals and thoughts around, like, what you want events to be like at the store? What are you working toward? So I feel like the events at Dog are already super fun. And we have a really good community who comes in. Um, some things I wanted to try to add to the experience, I guess. Um, I don't know. I've kind of been thinking of it in three parts. I want to have events that are just really fun and bring in people to have a good time. I want some, like, maybe with an educational angle to learn about different cultures or um, even practical skills. For example, we were thinking of adding special story times once a week. No, I take that back. Once a month. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So, like, if we read a book, a children's book about cooking, maybe we can have, you know, some little cooking activity for kids, too. Um, And then I also want to add in some kind of, service element sometimes because one of the things I really admire about this store and Main Street in general is how like happy they are to work with people to work with each other and to be part of this community so I'm thinking like hey how can we take that further and do really good things for the people around us um so those are some of my goals also squeeze in some Star Wars here (laughs) a little bit of Bridgerton there whatever I can (laughs) You're going to up our nerdiness game is what you're saying? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> I like it. it. I'm down. All right. So tell us about a couple of um, exciting events we have coming up here in August. 
Okay. We got so, a few things on the radar. We sure do. So August 1st, we're getting a new art installation in. Please come check it out. It's going to be beautiful. And then a few days later on August 6th, we're going to have a huge children's book event with Derek Anderson, um, who does the Croc and Alley series and has recently done um, Benny and the Shark. We're going to have cookies, balloons. He's going to do a, a reading of two books, but also a drawing um, demonstration. And he's just so fun and so good with kids. So we're really looking forward to that. He designed the artwork on the bookmobile mm -hmm. for the Ames Library. Um, he, I mean, he's an Ames native, and so we're really excited to have somebody who's homegrown here, kind of. Yeah, I've taken my kids to see him before, like, at the library, and he's just, he's, he does a great job. He's just wonderful to see. So if you've got littles, come, come check him out. They'll have a great time, and you will, too. Yeah, I have already reserved um, five, or all the Croc and Alley books and then the two Benny and the Shark books for my nephew to get signed. I was like, you know what? Because he's going into first grade and they're just really solid early reader books for that group. So I'm excited to give him those. And you can do that on our site, right? Yeah. So you can go to dogearedbooksaims.com um, dog and then there's under uh, events, there's a Derek Anderson link go to that and then you can read up on the event and then you can also go to a section where you can pre-order personalized copies of his book <laughs> books <laughs> i hate making a piece um derek every time i talk to him emphasizes fun he wants it to be so fun so it's gonna be good yeah yep. um all right, and then we also have Becky Scharnhorst. Tell us a little bit about Becky. So on the 27th, that's also a Saturday, Becky Scharnhorst is going to come in, and she is the author of the children's books My School Stinks and This Field Trip Stinks. <laughs> and that starts at what time? 1 p.m. Cool. And the idea is to help kids who might be nervous about school or a little, you know, grumpy about school loosen up, relax, see that it can be fun and silly and um, kind of get them ready for the year. And at the same time, there are going to be a lot of like animal characters involved in the books and the reading. So that also kind of appeals to kids who love pets and wildlife. Yeah, and that is perfectly timed because that is the week the school starts around here. And so if you got a little one who's maybe a little bit nervous about school or just excited to be going back to school, this is the event for them. Um, Becky also, she spent a long time living in Story City, um, so kind of like Derek, she has connections here, and I don't know, I'm very excited to welcome them both into town. Um, so yeah, I think it'd be fun. Yeah, we are too. They're going to be great. Uh -huh. The kids' events are always really fun. I mean, all of our events here are really fun, but it's fun to see the turnout of the kids and the excitement to be around an author, because I know when I was a kid, it's like, holy crud, like, I mean, even as an adult, I'm like this, but that first experience of, wow, there's people that actually do this, and it's fun to have that experience as a child. Yeah, it really is. Oh, and they can get their books signed at both of these events, and you can also pre-order Becky's. Yeah, online. Becky's is on our website, just like how Derek's is, so dogyardbooks.com, go to- dogyardbooksaims.com. Is that number three? I should have done that in order. <laughs> go to our website. Hence, <laughs> find the author name. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> no! Yes! Yeah. Um, also for August, we have a number of voter registration days. So 
you want to make your voice heard, you can sign up to vote on Sunday the 7th, Saturday the 13th, Sunday the 21st, Saturday the 27th, and some days after that in September. We also have our weekly story hour and some other stuff I'm probably forgetting. <laughs> but go to our website, see our calendar, it's look at events. There. It's all there. And even on Facebook, um, if you we have the event pages. So for me, that's better reminders because I'll get notifications like, oh, hey, this event is this week. So even if it's not like you mark that you're going, just say, hey, I'm interested. And then you'll still be like notified of happenings um, for that specific event that you might be interested in. Cool beans. Oh, yeah. Speaking of being notified, you guys, <laughs> you could really do me a solid by signing up for the newsletter and then making sure it doesn't go to your spam. Uh, that would just mean the world to me to know that I'm not sending my voice out into the void all alone. <laughs> so how can they do that? So if you go to our website and you click events and then calendar, if you scroll down to the bottom, there should be a little sign up. Um, place and then once you've done that you're going to get an email confirming that which should help it not go to spam but then on Sunday when I send it out if it still goes to spam what you can do is check that spam folder and then Google or whatever your email service is will give you the option to click not spam if you click that we should be good to go yeah. and even just for good measure add us to your contacts book um, in your email, just to like really doubly make sure. And I am going to work on getting our um, newsletter sign up on the homepage too. So if it, it hopefully sometime soon, it's just a little bit of coding that I have to re-train um, myself on and so that it looks right and functions correctly. But yeah. Yeah. Newsletter is a great uh, resource just to new books coming out, events happening at the store, just things to be aware of. And we really don't bug you either. Like it, Emily sends it once a week. It's on Sunday. Um, and it's a really nice, just concise little piece of everything you'd want from a bookstore. And if that's not enough, soon I'll <laughs> include prizes. What? <laughs> Eventually. Oh. I'm working on it. I want to have contests. I want to have like give me your feedback about something else and I'll give you a little book or something. I want a prize. <laughs> okay. Sign up for my newsletter, Rachel. I am. <laughs> I don't, you can't, if you work here, you can't get the prizes. The prize is working here. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. The, the prize is sitting on that couch being bullied by us. Yeah, pretty much. I don't know welcome. why I subject myself to this every week. This is why I drink. <laughs> wow. Okay. We got some books coming out this week. We're going to talk about a few of them today. What do we have? What do we have? All right. So new in hardcover, we've got one called Half-Built Garden by Ruthanna Emrys. So this is sci-fi. The year is 2083. So... Solid hundred years after my year of birth, <laughs> which is very important. So it's 2083, and Judy stumbles upon some aliens. Judy. <laughs> These aliens have traversed the galaxy because they wish to save us from ourselves. They know that we have really done fucked up this Earth. And so they want us to, the humans, to come with them. Uh, out into the stars, like leave Earth 
start a new life elsewhere. Um, and they're prepared to use force if necessary. Of course, not everybody wants to leave Earth. And so there are these competing interests. And Judy sort of becomes this intermediary between the aliens and those competing interests, human interests, and <clears throat> um, like trying to resolve this. So Shannon McGuire, who is a prolific, award-winning sci-fi author, had this to say about it. I love Shannon McGuire okay, so much. Then listen to this. I'm listening. This complex, complicated, gorgeous musing on the future of humanity and the power of connection, the things we owe to each other, and the essential strength of consensus deserves to be the first contact novel that defines a generation. That's just a pretty high praise. That's yeah. huge praise. I'm adding it to my TBR. I want to make an alien starter pack. We can include this book, <laughs> Axiom Zent, and a third option that you guys can decide if you just sign up for our newsletter and respond to my, <laughs> oh my email. Gosh, you're so adorable. <laughs> the alien starter pack. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> All right. It's got a cool cover. Yeah, the font is amazing. Yeah. It looks like uh, it's like the earth and then, but the earth is wrapped in the little seeds from a wishing flower plant. Uh, uh, a dandelion? dandelion? Yeah. They, Did you know they have giant dandelions called goat's beards? I've seen them. They have them in, uh, God, where did I, I saw them on my trip. I can't remember where it was. They're huge ass dandelions. This is going to be really embarrassing for me. But I thought the dandelion and the white fluffy one were two different types of dandelions. I didn't realize the white one was the dead dandelion. Oh, no, that's not embarrassing. It's just cute. <laughs> my, I had no idea. My son calls them wishes. Yeah. Like, ooh, oh. a wish. <laughs> I have a cute necklace I was given with some of the wishes and, like, uh, a resin. It's really pretty. My friend's dog, Maggie, loves what I call whiskey snatch. And he whisks, she likes to snatch. So if you blow a dandelion, <laughs> she'll go chasing. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, also, can I tell you what I love about alien stuff? Yeah, tell us. I think it forces us yeah. to think about ourselves in a way we don't usually, which is part of a global community. That's the same, because we often focus on, like, I don't know, tensions between different groups of people. But yeah. then it's one of the few contexts where we have to think about us as a whole and then conflicts with other forces. Yeah. So I think it's a kind of a cool opportunity to reframe our thinking sometimes. Quick around the room. Oh. Quick around the room. Who believes in aliens? For sure. Probably. Oh, 100%. I am a solid alien believer. Okay, quick around the room. Who believes in Bigfoot? Me. Mm, I kind of do, because I believe in Nessie. Emily's like, I don't know if that would work here. Anymore. I wish I could have captured that look. <laughs> um, I kind of sort of believe in fairies. I, I really subscribe to the thinking that, like, I can never know what I don't know. So mm. saying something absolutely isn't real is foolish. I can just say, I've never seen it. Do you ever see the movie A Fairy Tale? No. Oh my god, don't get her started on this. <laughs> Do you not get her okay, started. Okay, what's the next book that's coming out? <laughs> oh, no. The Book of Gothel. By Mary McMine. So this is kind of in the vein of Wicked by Gregory Maguire, right? So where you take the villain in the story and you make them the hero and you learn, like, the backstory. In this case, it's the witch who imprisoned Rapunzel. Mother Gothel. In the tower. It takes place in 12th century Germany. And Halewise is an outcast in her village 
She's got strange dark eyes and she faints all the time. And then when her mother dies, she sets out to find this the tower, uh, Gothel, a place that her mother spoke to her about. Oh, I thought her name was Gothel in the stories. Well, it's not. That would be really cruel of her mother. <clears throat> Another girl. <laughs> so she, she finds it and she's taken under the wing of like this wise woman. And there's another girl who also seeks refuge there. Um, and she possesses some secrets um, about those in power in the realm that they really do not want revealed. And <clears throat> because of who those secrets might implicate and, uh, and horrible things that they've done. So anyway, that's all I know. But uh, it seems like a cool concept. I always like when... Um, when I read a book and sort of like the villain is actually not really a villain or, or even the good guy is not totally good. Like I, most people are, we're capable of good and bad. Right. So like we're more complex than that. So, um, I like this and in fairy tales, right. It's so like good and evil. It's very binary. So I like this idea of like, well, that's probably not actually, you know, 100%. and I like a little, I like retelling as well. Yeah. So that's <laughs> exciting. And the third one I'm excited about is nonfiction. It's called Quarter Life. It's got a really cool cover. It's divided into quarters uh, by Satya <laughs> Doyle Bayok. Is it really cool? It's really cool. It's like got neon colors. Anyway, uh, she is a psychotherapist. And she ha- she started to notice that her clients between the ages of 20 and 40 were all sort of going through like similar things, right? Um, so you think about that time in your life, your quarter life. There's sort of like this path of stability, like I'm going to do like the long term, the monogamous relationship, the mortgage, the career, the children, like I'm going to follow this sort of prescribed path, right? There's that. But then maybe a lot of people don't find real meaning in that or they feel like they've lost themselves in that. And then you have people who like know that that's not for them, but they don't necessarily know what is for them, um, like what what path would be fulfilling. Who's this guy again? Um, Satya Doyle Bayok. <clears throat> so she sort of do, like categorizes um, personality types in that age range. But really, this book is about how it is a developmental stage that everybody goes through and that has distinct characteristics. So just much like, you know, adolescence has distinct characteristics. Yep. And sort of pillars of development. She argues that quarter life is the same way. There's just sort of this universal experience. I mean, we all maybe experience it in different ways, but there's just, it is a legitimate life stage. And she feels that as a stage has often been ignored by psychology. And so she talks about um, what, to, what to look for, like what is normal in this stage of development and uh, what to look for and how to cope with it. Uh, and I think that it sounds really cool. And she uses a lot of different things um, in her writing. So she uses some personal stories. She uses literature, psychology, pop culture, and then like case studies from her own work. So it's a slim volume. It seems super readable. And as somebody who's, I'm almost 40, but like, I get it. I And, and when I'm talking to a lot of people in our age range too, there there is like, more people are choosing, like, I'm not going to have children, or I'm not so going to get married, or whatever, but um, just this sort of, like, figuring out a lot of, when you think about it, in quarter life, so many of us make these, like, really permanent, like, mm-hmm. we put our lives on a path that is very hard to deviate from um, in different ways, so, yeah, it's interesting. 
Well, I'm not surprised that there's being shifts being made because things can't stay the same, but it's really hard because our generation is still like being so focused in like looking at what our parents and grandparents and great grandparents are doing, like that traditional mindset and thinking of how you should structure a life is still really hard set in stone. And we're like, people get criticized for deviating from that traditional path. So, Oh, for sure. And it's hard. Like that's, I could definitely see why that would bring a lot of stress and fatigue mentally on someone who's being told they're doing it wrong when they're just trying to do their best. Especially because what worked in the past, you know, to make a successful mm-hmm. life doesn't necessarily work now. No. So we have to find new ways of going about life in order right. to, you know, have enough money to eat or feel emotionally fulfilled. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, like when dinosaurs are here, life would not, you couldn't have a successful life the same way you could have then. That's exactly what I was talking about. It's <laughs> a very astute observation. <laughs> but on the other hand, too, like I think a lot of people do sort of go the prescribed path. And, you know, there's, because that's, you know, if you're sort of a rule follower, you want, you find fulfillment in that. But, like, that's that's not an easy path either, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, you know, it's like the divorce rate is so high, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people reach middle age and they reflect yeah, on decisions yeah. that they've made. And, you know, it doesn't always work out the way that you want to or, mm-hmm. you know, as a mother right you sort of like put everything into your children you can definitely like lose your sense of self like I look at other people my age who and I love my kids and I don't regret having them by any means but like you know I think not having a children is a very legitimate life choice and I look at them I'm like wow look at all these like cool you get to go cool places you get to really like invest in yourself so it's kind of interesting that like maybe both groups of people feel Mm -hmm. like there's something wrong you know and I think she's arguing that, like, no, this is actually just developmentally appropriate for you. <laughs> so maybe there's hope in that. If you feel it's wrong, like, you're doing right. I have a teenager, right? And it's like, oh, you're being an asshole? It's developmentally appropriate. Right? <laughs> I'm going to tell my mom that next time that she brings up, like, me being a dick from when I was a kid or something. Be like, well, it was developmentally appropriate. Yeah, I mean, I used to teach middle school. So now I have a middle schooler. And so, you know, when they're acting like a middle schooler, I'm, you know, it's not that I'm never irritated, but. I think my husband's like, oh my god, what's wrong with this kid? I'm like, it's normal. Like, the <laughs> there's angst. nothing wrong. It's just normal. Like, yeah. that's the good news and the bad news. <laughs> In some ways, I think middle school and junior high are way worse than teenager years. Cause, oh, yeah. You know, it's like that beginning of puberty stages and nothing feels right. You're like, whose body is this? And why do I smell? Yes. It's hard. Yeah. Ooh. My... Uh, kid loves it whenever like something very puberty happens to her like <laughs> you know she gets a zit or something like that <laughs> i i rewrote a commercial jingle puberty 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 <laughs> oh my god so i sing that to her and she doesn't find it nearly as amusing as i do but anyway <laughs> you're so weird okay you're going to talk about what's new in paperback, Rachel. Sounds great. Um, so the first one up is an exciting one because it is the, what month is it? July, August? <laughs> it's July. Rachel. Well, no, but it's the, this book is the August book for the Between the Covers book club. Oh, okay. And it is Booked on a Feeling by G.C. Lee. 
And so um, it's part of like the, it's part of like a sort of universe. Um, so you don't need to read the first two books in the in my quasi series to like not know what's going on. So it's set in a book, bookish setting. Um, she's an overachiever. Um, she's a lawyer at a major law firm, law firm, and she wants to make partner and she's on her way to it. Um, so she has a panic attack at a really critical moment in her career and returns to her hometown to recharge and figure out what's happening with her. Um, so then she reunites with her friend Jack from childhood. Um, and he has had a long time crush on her, um, which of course she has no idea. Um, it's like kind of thing classic, uh, Hallmark-esque type of thing, in my opinion. Um, so she decides to spend her time back at home revamping the local bookstore, um, and Jack ends up helping her. So, oh, I like this little tagline, we'll love be waiting in the stacks. That sounds fun. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're really excited about it. And then Deanne and I on our Between the Covers podcast will be talking about this book. And then for a different episode, the trope is like back to your hometown setting. So, oh wait, no, it's set in a bookstore but we're doing a different one for back to the hometown that's going to be totally a trip yeah and that one's going to be the delilah green book so i'm excited for that one too but so these are both really good so join us for book club um next up in paper bag is light from uncommon stars by reiki aoki did i say that right i also speak japanese okay i've i've never heard you you know what I don't even know if that's Japanese. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, this book, regardless, I have seen around forever. And Danica, I miss her. Um, she had recommended this to me over and over and over. Um, so it was her staff favorite, and it's been other staff favorite in the sci-fi fantasy area. Um, and so now out in paper book, Shizuka uh, made a deal with the devil. Um, she must convince seven violin prodigies to trade their souls for success. She has six and a candidate for the seventh, but when she meets Long, a retired starship captain with whom she connects on a deep level, Shizuka begins to reevaluate the worth of a soul and the deal she's made. Um, so essentially, she's like forced, like kind of conning these people into giving up their like lives in a way. And I remember Danica talked really passionately about this one and that it was incredible. So. I'm going to pick it up, and I recommend you all to as well. Did Danica say why violins? I, I can't remember. <laughs> Maybe violinists are just, like, really want to be good. I want to yeah. say, like, she was a violinist, so she wanted to be the best, so she sold her soul to the devil, and now she has to steal other people's, like, talents or something. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm pretty positive that was it. But if it's not, that should be a book. And this is in space. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's like a space... Uh, um, What's the, like, not like a space drama, um, space opera. I love it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and then lastly, in paperback, uh, we have The Man Who Died Twice by Richard Osman. And Tom V is a huge Richard, is it Osman or Osman? Osman. Tom V is a huge Richard Osman fan. So it's the second in the Thursday Marty Club series. Um, the third comes out in September. So get it now before the next one's out. Um, the books are about a group of octogenarians who solve crimes, and these have been well-liked by our mystery readers. Like, they're very popular. Um, the first one, I believe, is on our bestsellers table at the time. So, pick them up. What are you doing? I, threw, I didn't mean to throw that at you. <sighs> 
Emily, would you like to read what's happening in children's books? Okay. <clears throat> so this week, week, this week? Yeah. Today. <clears throat> it is Tuesday. Today in children's books. <laughs> <laughs> For YA, we have Beating Heart Baby by Leo Min. I think. We're not doing well with names today. <laughs> we're, bad. we're doing our best. It's okay. We've had stuff to drink, so blame it on the drunk. <laughs> Not quite, but okay. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Beating Heart Baby by Leo Min. Trying to escape the regret over a poor decision. Why am I reading it like this? Okay, anyway. So basically, it's an essay. Yeah. We have a character named Santi who moves to Los Angeles um, after making some bad decisions, trying to get away from those negative feelings as a result. And he decides to join marching band at high school. Um, but kind of makes an arch nemesis. His band He meets a person he does not like in marching band called Sua. And this dislike slowly moves into friendship. And then maybe something more. Wait, is this a queer romance? Yes. Cool. Yes. And um, Santi's like settling down into this new town, a new relationship, but uh, the past comes back to haunt him. And it comes to haunt Sua too. So they have to reckon with that past and also their futures. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Anyway, also this week. <laughs> For middle grade readers, it's The Elephant Girl by James Patterson and Ellen Bendaku. So this is a book about a clever, sensitive 12-year-old named Jama. And she, while her classmates are gossiping about the hot new middle schooler in town, she <laughs> is off at the watering hole ignoring that mess to hang out with a baby elephant that she names Mabegu. And... It's a beautiful friendship, but one day that baby elephant's mother is frightened by poachers and then stampedes. And in that stampede, people do die. And an elephant, I think, also dies. Oh, no. I know. It's really tragic. And then Jama and Mabegu are blamed about the deaths for the deaths. And they kind of have to rely on their friendship to get through the chaos and pain that happens because of that. It's actually inspired by a true story, and it's kind of helping us understand more the bonds between humans and animals. So animal lovers must read this book. Indeed. Yeah. Indubitably. Indubitably. <laughs> All right. I think that's uh, that's it. And All what's right. happening for events this week? What's popping? What's popping? We got story time Wednesday at ten with Ray Ray and Fake Lovey. And <laughs> on Thursday we have the official book club with me, and we will be discussing admissions Ooh. by Kendra James. That's at ten a.m. on Thursday. I wanted to mm. join for this one. I don't know if I can read the book in time. It's not a. It's a pretty quick read. I bet you can. Okay. Also on. Saturday, we have voter registration. So, All right, yep. It's so a League of Women Voters has been coming, setting up shop here, signing people up to vote. 
uh, which is so important, more important than ever. So if you are not registered to vote, come on down to the store and we'll get you set up. That reminds me, I need to re-register to vote because now I have a different address. Oh wait, you have to. I have a different address. Do I need to re-register? I think so, so you can have your registration district, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, thank you oh for that. Oh my gosh. I did. You changed your address. <laughs> I like to vote, and I cannot lie. <laughs> I'm gonna just. <laughs> I've been lying to those ladies every Saturday and Sunday. Basically, they're like, "Are you registered? Well, you, you are registered to vote. You just have to change it. To yeah, you're registered, but just not here. I'm improperly registered. Rachel moved in with the UPS guy. Um, not Shane. Let's clarify that. Shane's been on the pod, so okay. Not that UPS guy. The other. UPS the hot one. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care to know that stuff. Alright, close it out, Ellen. It's juicy. It is juicy. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. he comes into the office in uniform, and I think it's just to, you know, a night some Girl, spice. back off. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I meant for you. I'm kidding. 100%. I'm not into uniforms. Uh, it cracks me up. makes me giggle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. That was a lot of trash. Uh, you just called your boyfriend trash. <gasps> no, I didn't. Don't you even said go that's there. a lot of trash. As I'm looking at, they can probably hear the truck. On this, I'm deleting this part off the phone. All right. So. Anyway, that's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. Cheers. Cheers. What Cheers. was our sign off? Keep the champagne flowing. Champagne. <laughs> Keep the champagne flowing and the books going. <laughs> or keep the books going and the champagne flowing. I don't care what order. <laughs> I like the second order better. Okay. All right. Bye. 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 Sign up for our newsletter. <laughs> <laughs> Aliens are real. Aliens are real. End of book. Maybe. <laughs> Probably. Nessie, yes, I'm coming for you. <laughs> I want you to Photoshop a picture of yourself riding on Nessie's back. <laughs> Remember, uh, subscribe, like, follow, because you want to find out what's happening in Dog Eared Books every single week. Yeah, and if you don't live in Ames, you can always follow us on social or hit our website to order books. Follow us at, at Dog Eared Books Ames or at Dog Eared Books on TikTok. All right, listeners, keep the champagne flowing and the books going. This is so great! It's so great!